Hi there. I am so excited to invite you to attend our fourth annual free virtual special education and advocacy conference. We are hosting it here at Ashley Barlow Company in partnership with Rebecca Poe Teaching. And we are so excited for a few new things at this year's conference. The first new thing is that we have not just one, but two different tracks for attendance. For the first time ever, we have created a track that is specific for school staff and teachers. We also still have that traditional track that we intend to be really great for parents and caregivers in the IEP arena. So yes, we have a teacher track and a parent track. On that teacher track, you are going to learn about things like easier data collection, gestalt language processing, behavior reading, and other super hot topics in special education practice, as well as advocacy. On the teacher and caregiver track, you're going to learn about stress management for caregivers using adaptive books, something that I have really kind of um, dove into here at my own house, inclusion advocacy, advocacy strategies, and so, so much more. That free ticket will give you one pass, one access to one presentation per hour on the track that you choose, either that teacher track or the parent track. Of course, if you are not available on January 19th or January 20th when the conference is taking place, you can buy tickets to access the conference on demand. And those tickets, of course, are available at our website, ashleybarlowco.com backslash conference slash 2024. Check out the website for more information about ticketing. This year, we also have something super exciting planned. We have decided to make this a two-day event. When I partnered with Rebecca Poe Teaching, I told her that I really feel like school districts, disability organizations, and other community organizations need to start providing trainings that are accessible to teachers, related service providers, administrators, parents and caregivers, and other community members that are interested in IEP support. What if we all attended the same training? What if we all learned information about special education practice, curriculum, how to read evaluations, that kind of stuff, about special education advocacy, how we can collaborate more, how we can work together, and even about special education laws. What if we all attended those presentations and we workshopped them together? So together with Rebecca Poteaching, I have created the Empowered Workshop Series, and we are excited to bring it to your organization or school in 2024 and beyond. If you are interested in having Rebecca and I bring a workshop to you, you can see a preview of the Empowered Workshops on January 19th, the Friday before our main conference programming. For more information about that, either send me a DM or check out the website, again, ashleybarlowco.com backslash conference dash 2024. We hope to see you January 19th and or January 20th and can't wait to connect with you. Hi everyone, welcome to the Ashley Barlow Company Podcast. I'm Ashley Barlow, your host. If you are a parent, 
A teacher or someone who works at a school, or you're a community member, a volunteer or a staff member at an organization that supports people with special education plans, a coach, a tutor, or even a grandparent, you're in the right place. Sit back with an ice cold glass of lemonade, put on your walking shoes and grab some headphones, roll down the windows and cruise. Ready, set, go. Educate, advocate, collaborate. Welcome to Special Education Advocacy with Ashley Barlow. I'm Ashley Barlow and I'm happy you're here. I think I seriously might be the most excited for this podcast episode that I have been in weeks, months maybe. And the reason why is because this is something I think I'm really good at. I think I'm really good at mixing together structure, organization, efficiency, as I like to say, cover your ears if you don't want to hear a cuss word, getting shit done with fun. <clears throat> Sometimes we can do it in the same activity. A lot of times we can. Sometimes our bodies crave like real work. And so we don't want stuff to be fun. Like, you know how you feel on a rainy day? That's how it is for me. But you just want to like hunker down and work and just working feels good or like a hard workout feels good. And so sometimes it's important that fun and structure and work are totally separate. Same thing with fun. Isn't it great when fun is just fun and it doesn't involve any work? So in today's episode, kind of a back to school kind of an episode, we're going to talk about that balance, that balance of fun and work. And the reason we're talking about this is because I think this is a really unique time of year. When we're back to school and or we're on our way back to school, which involves fun and work. And then once we're back to school, um, it's still beautiful outside in most parts of our country, probably all of our country. Um, and so we are, you know, kind of managing that um, oh, the sun's out and I wish I was at the pool or the lake or the zoo or the park. Um, and I'm also in school and I have to wake up tomorrow morning and go to school and all of that stuff. And I think this is particularly helpful with a child that has a disability, with a child that's on an IEP, because, um, you know, we kind of, as is, is somebody at Cincinnati Children's Hospital one time said in a presentation that I attended, we really don't have much unstructured, unstructured time in a lot of our lives. Almost all of our unstructured time has to have structure or else our children are not going to um, be able to access it. And so what we're talking about today is how to kind of blend in fun and the structure and the organization of back to school. So I have five tips for you. Now, before we get started, I do want to tell you that over on my website, and you can access it on my link in bio in social media, I made a back to school shopping list for you. This is stuff that I use to get organized, stuff that I use to support Jack at school, stuff that I use. Like I basically did a ginormous Amazon shopping list about 10 days before my kids went back to school. And I was like, why am I not sharing this with people? Because this could be super helpful. 
So for example, one of the things that I learned during the pandemic was um, how to be a better online shopper. And so I batch cook, I cook, that means that like, well, what it means to me, I don't know what it really means, but my definition of batch cooking is, oh, probably 60% of what I make, I make in double or triple recipes, and then I freeze um, two or three additional recipes of it. So like my spaghetti sauce. I made spaghetti sauce um, yesterday, and I kept one in the fridge, and there are three in the freezer for future spaghetti dinners. Um, and I always have spaghetti on hand. I make soup like that. I make, um, there's always meatballs in my freezer. Um, that kind of thing. And even like buying bulk meat and then I package them up into, you know, one pound packages or these days for the barless, it's more like two pound packages, that sort of thing. So, you know, this efficiency uh, um, helps me and it saves me time. But I use a lot of containers and a lot of baggies in order to um, do this. And I was buying my baggies at the grocery store because where else would you buy them? Well, when you're putting them in, in my case, into the Kroger app, you like naturally at some point I thought, what about the Amazon app? And baggies are particularly cheaper on Amazon than they are at Kroger. I don't know about your grocery store. So I've got those on there because I think that's a helpful tip. And if I can save $1.50 really by sitting at my kitchen counter and spending an extra 30 seconds clicking on an Amazon link, then I'm going to do that. I'm not the kind of person that has time to go to, you know, my grocery store and Aldi and Trader Joe's and Whole Foods and Walmart. I can't do that. I envy the people that can do that, but that is not something that my body is set up to do. <laughs> so I've got this back to school shopping list for things that either save me money, make my life easier, or help me to get organized as I go back to school. And there's plenty on there that helps me to support Jack in special education as well. Um, I do plan to do some more of these shopping lists because it was fun for me uh, to kind of put this together and to write about it for you. So stay tuned for more of those. All right, so I've got five tips in this podcast, and the first one is to plan ahead so that you have more time for fun. Now, I had a friend one time who um, was talking about napping, and I said, I'm not a napper. I'm not good at napping. I've read books about productivity. I know I should nap. I wish I could nap, but I can't. And she was like, yeah, haha, because you don't put it on your list. <laughs> and I was like, okay, fair enough. I don't put it on my list. Um, I am the kind of person that puts on my list, have fun. Like, I don't know what it might be, go to the pool. And it'll say from three to six, we're going to the pool. I do like to plan my fun into my day, um, but that is because I am a planner. So I'm really talking more about like how you're going to plan at this time when your responsibilities really increase. And for those of us with kids on IEPs, our responsibilities increase quite a bit, um, particularly if you are a super involved IEP team member because your communication ramps back up and your obligation to regulate your child before and after school ramps up and um, your obligation to kind of like have your radar up to be like, what the heck happened at school and what patterns are emerging that I need to monitor and like, you know, facilitating those social things and all of those things kind of ramp up, which then like feels like, oh, how am I going to have fun? I got to get this thing to the to the teacher. I got to get your medicine form into the office. I got to um, ask the PTO about 
um, an inclusive uh, playground thing or an inclusive assembly or, you know, whatever it is. And so our obligations kind of ramp back up. So how can you plan and kind of get stuff done on a schedule so that you have more time for fun. So one thing that I do is meal plan. I have found that it is so much easier and so much better for us and so much faster if I have meal planned. So I did a podcast, I will link it in the show notes, um, where we talked about efficiency. And so what I do is I sit down every single Sunday, I write down every, we have calendars um, online and in our kitchen, but I do this on notebook paper, everything that we're going to do. From that, it helps me decide what we're going to have for dinner each night. Um, if I really need to work on feeding somebody lunch or breakfast, I will even um, plan out their lunch or breakfast. Sometimes it's me for nutritional stuff. Oftentimes it's Griffin because of swimming. Um, and so, and sometimes with Jack, we're kind of messing around with diet too. And so sometimes I do it with him. Um, and so I will write down what we're eating. I also put babysitters and carpool and all kinds of stuff on this thing. And it gets kind of um, micro detailed, which is exactly how I like it. But then when I get home at, you know, either three or six or whatever time, um, I know what we're going to have and I don't have to think about it and I don't have to look for the ingredients. I don't have to stop at Kroger and get anything extra because I've designed what I am going to have and it's lots of time even prepped because sometimes I've even prepped it on Sundays. Just planning it though saves me a lot of time. Um, another thing that I do is I really, 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 really add stuff to the calendar, like funny things. So at the beginning of every summer, we make a list of the things that we want to do in the summer. You know, we want to go to the water park or we want to go to the zoo and we want to have a water balloon fight. Well, around this time of year, I look at that thing and think, oh gosh, we didn't have that water balloon fight and I should have gotten Jack together with his friends because that's good social interaction. And how am I expecting them to take him to the kickoff party if... Um, you know, I didn't have them here for a water balloon flight. So I will look at that calendar and I will add play dates, specific time to go to the pool, water balloon fights, all of that stuff to the calendar. I might put a question mark on it, but I'm calendaring it. I'm literally penciling in the fun. I also calendar in the time that I'm going to do the structured back to school stuff. So, you know, I harp on communication and you know that my Sunday emails are on my calendar for nine o'clock every Sunday night. And so I, I literally calendar in my time to communicate with Jack's IEP team on a weekly basis. It is on my calendar. It's a recurring event on my calendar. I also have calendared in our progress monitoring time. So Jack and I typically try to do that on Wednesdays or Thursdays. Um, and so it's on my calendar. Every single Wednesday at six o'clock, it says progress monitoring. I, pro I, I calendar it in and it can move, but that way I remember to do it and it's structured. And if I think, oh, could we go to the pool? Well, then guess what? If Wednesday comes along and I think, can we go to the pool? And then we have to progress monitor, I'm like, ah, because I haven't structured it. So if it's on the calendar, I'm more likely to know, oops, I got a check mark to do, and then I've got time for fun. 
Um, calendar and homework. You know, when are we going to do homework? If we can't do it after school because of a practice or something, when are we going to do it? And if we know we're doing it at seven o'clock at night, then we have fun to play from five to seven or whatever it is. Another thing that I sometimes calendar in so that I'm sure that we are getting it is our proactive behavioral supports. So Jack, for example, needs a lot of gross motor work. Um, and so I have calendared in twice a week to take him to swim laps. Um, I think swimming will also give him some really good social benefit because it's an opportunity for him to be on a team. And so he and I are gonna go swim laps twice a week and I'm calendaring that in so that it doesn't, you know, we don't get to Thursday and I say, oh gosh, Jack and I were gonna swim laps twice a week and now he's been invited to such and such. And so does he swim laps twice a week, which will benefit him from the sensory standpoint and this behavioral standpoint and all these other standpoints, or do we bail on that and do the fun thing? And now how are we balancing work and fun, right? And so to me, if I calendar it in, of course things come up, but if I calendar it in, we are more likely to be able to hit the fun and the work. So number one was plan ahead so you have more time for fun. Yes, I have to be that structured about fun. Number two is Fridays. <laughs> Enjoy Fridays. You know, on Fridays, we have no obligations. We just have fun. And the reason is because we are extremely tired and, and quite frankly, just done. I'm tired from working five days. Um, my kids are tired and it's just tired. So um, we get milkshakes almost every Friday. We will sometimes watch movies. Um, my older boys will go to our football games in our town, which are really fun. Um, Actually, Brandon and I try to alternate on and off so that one of us can go. Jack just simply does not love football games, and that's okay. So it's very loud and very intense, and everybody tries to talk to him, and that is very disorienting to him, and so it just doesn't work out. Um, but here's the deal. So, like, no obligation Fridays because lots of times we are just plain tired. <clears throat> but um, particularly for your kids that might become easily dysregulated, what I have found is that if we have a no structure day, then the next day is going to have to have pretty many structure and so like structured activities. And so what we'll do is we will plan some structured stuff for Saturday. Sometimes it's just getting them out of the house. Like sometimes it's easy because we have a soccer game or something like that. But um, we get those kiwi crates um, or some kind of like craft. Lots of times Michael's will have crafts that are put together in boxes that are really easy to do. I'm sure other places do too, like Hobby Lobby and whatnot. Um, we will structure in big muscle things like a nice long family bike ride or lap swimming or, you know, some big motor stuff because that really helps Jack. Um, I've got play dates in here as a question mark. <coughs> Excuse me, that is not something that would regulate Jack, but it does to some people. I think mostly because it um, might distract them if they are socially distractible um, from kind of the dysregulation of having a day that is so unstructured on Friday, um, etc. So, you know, this kind of goes back to that there are only structured, unstructured time periods. And so if you kind of largely let the muscle off on Friday by way of structure, for us, it's pretty important to kind of ramp up the structure on Saturday mornings. And that might be true of you too, if your child needs more behavioral supports. Um, so number one, plan ahead so you have more time for fun. Number two, enjoy Fridays. Fun, fun, fun. 
Number three, oh, Fridays I also rarely cook. Um, that wasn't on my outline, but that's an important thing. I love to cook. I do think it's fun. Um, but on Fridays, we usually are ordering out. Uh, okay, number three, get organized. Now this sounds like plan ahead, but it isn't because plan ahead for me is more like calendaring and listing and um, getting like organized in my head and in our systems and getting organized is more like getting organized, like organizing your house and whatnot. So what kinds of things do we organize this time of year? Well, for a lot of us, we might have school uniforms or we might have like school clothes, play clothes, or we might just have to do the laundry. We might have to make the clothes more accessible. Um, so I learned from a client um, about visuals for getting dressed. So a lot of you probably have or might benefit from visuals on drawers. You know, these are your shirts. There's a visual of shirts and these are your pants. And then there might be a visual that says, um, today, here's what you need to put on to help your child get dressed independently. So short sleeve t-shirt, shorts, socks, and shoes. Maybe we grab a rain jacket, you know, whatever it is. So um, we get organized so that our children can be more independent um, and so that they can access whatever they need during school because that's probably going to be different than what it was in the summertime. My kids need flip-flops and bathing suits in the summertime, and they certainly need more clothing than that in the school year. Um, then I think it's important in our family, um, we, you know, I really think nutrition is important. And so I get organized with our food. Um, I meal plan. I did a lot of stories about meal planning over the last couple of days. Um, I prep my meals again. I, as I said a moment ago, that really helps me to be efficient and it helps me to make sure that we're meeting um, the nutritional stuff that I like to do. Usually around September, I am not a person that goes to Costco or Sam's Club too often, um, but around like September, usually by Labor Day is when we kind of kick it into gear, um, I will go to Sam's Club and I'll do a big um, round of meat purchases. I actually buy cows, welcome to Kentucky. So I usually do not need too much beef. <laughs> Um, I buy a quarter of a cow and I stick it out in my garage freezer, but I'll get pork chops and, and um, fish and chicken and that sort of thing. And um, then, you know, I'm, I'm prepared in that regard as well. Organize things for lunch. You know, same thing as we talked about with clothes. It might be that you can help your child to pack their own lunch by putting together a system of visuals or by organizing lunch things. Um, for us, I made a list of um, common lunch combinations that Griffin might want, and it will help me to remember what to make for him. He and I have a deal that if I make it for him, he will eat it, <laughs> which is a nice deal and helps me to not fight with him about, uh, about his lunch, but he doesn't want the obligation to make it, and if he did make it, it would probably be chips and cherry coke. Um, organize homework areas. You know, where are we going to do homework? How are we going to do homework? I can't stand to look at my kids when they are on their computers, slouched over sideways on the couch trying to do homework. And so if we start off the year and say, this is where we're going to do homework and this is how we're going to do homework, um, then my ergonomical concerns are, I think I made that word up, ergonomic concerns are met. Um, so homework areas is another thing to organize. 
And then a big thing that enters your house this time of year is stuff to charge and all of the paperwork. So how are we gonna get organized so that we process all of that so that we have a place to charge the computers and the iPads and all of those things? Um, how are we going to communicate with the school? What are we gonna do with those communication logs and all of that kind of stuff? Um, how are we gonna work on IEP goals? When are we gonna work on our IEP goals? Um, I'll try to do a story sometime this week to show you my little cart of IEP goals and how Jack and I work on them because I literally just wheel this little cart into our kitchen table and that's where he and I work. Where are we gonna read? When are we gonna read? How are we gonna do it? Get organized so that stuff is out and available. Then, you know, here's the deal is a lot of people say, oh, I was so organized at the beginning of the year and then it all fell off. Well, guess what? I personally know that that's true and I actually even kind of plan for it. And that's okay. Like, I think once we get in a groove, we don't need it as much. And especially like once our activities kind of pick up, we don't need it as much. I think this is really much more important this time of year when we're trying to balance in the fun. You know, we're trying to still get our summer fun done. Like for us, as I said, it's the pool. Um, but um, so we're also obviously trying to do a good job at all of our different responsibilities as it relates to school. Um, so this just simply allows more time for fun. Um, and then, you know, also kind of sets me off for the, for the right tone, um, so that when the craziness of fall sports and schedules and whatnot picks up, then we are prepared. So that is number three, and it was get organized. Number four, um, so one way to access fun is through your school system. So if your school system has an app or if they have a calendar online or whatever, check that thing, check that thing often. When my babies were little, um, I set out to take them to every single sporting, um, to every single sport one time per year. So when Griffin was maybe three, uh, we went to we saw every sport that our high school did, volleyball, basketball, baseball, you name it, we saw it. Um, now we didn't always stay for the whole thing and I didn't really understand stuff. I'm super sorry to say, I don't understand soccer and hockey and those things um, with offsides. I, I just don't understand it. But he saw it and he was exposed to it and that added some structure into our lives. It added a lot of fun into our lives too. And it doesn't just have to be sports. There is so much fun stuff to access in your school district or in your kind of high school's like downline. So your high school and your middle school and your grade schools. So there's probably festivals like the math fair and the science fair and that kind of stuff. There's the sports, of course, there's theater, there's social stuff like kickoff parties. There's stuff for parents to attend. That can add some structure into your lives, but it's also super duper fun. And it brings a lot of benefits. So one benefit that I talk about so, so often, and you know it, is it puts you in front of the teachers and the school staff. You get to see those people. Last night I was in an adult night at our pool, not even a school-sponsored activity, and I saw Jack's um, uh, gym teacher. And I've never met him. He also taught Griffin, but you know, COVID was weird. And so I've communicated with him about illnesses and that kind of stuff. But you know, I don't really have to talk to Griffin's um, gym teacher all that often because he didn't have any issues in gym. And 
um, you know, I got to introduce myself to him and I got to see him outside of school and it was so great. So just getting out there can put you in front of school people. I also realize a lot this summer how um, out of practice I am socially and I'm just kind of awkward when I'm around people, which is definitely foreign to me because that is not the way I was pre-pandemic. Um, so, you know, if you go to these school-sponsored activities in particular, you're probably going to see teachers and your child's going to see teachers. And that's going to be, you know, if your child, particularly if they have um, some social deficits, that's good. It's good to practice your social skills and to watch other people practice social skills in different environments. Um, of course, there's social benefits, you know, that your child's peers are going to be at those things and your child is going to feel a part of the school community if you're accessing those things as well. Um, and then, you know, as I said, another benefit is you've got the structure of something that has a start and a stop time as well as the fun that it, um, that the activity is. And so you've got those together. But it's important to put structure behind the fun. So, you know, you're going to want to consider like who is going to support the, the child. In our case, Jack doesn't like two adults being in charge. And so, you know, one of us kind of is usually primary and stuff like this. And one of us is a secondary. Um, what are you going to do? Like, what are you going to do when you get there? Are you going to go straight to the playground? Are you going to try to stay in the stands? You know, what are you going to try to do? How long are you going to stay? Um, what supports do you need? Do you need to take headphones? Do you need to take an activity book? Do you need to take visuals, you know, what do you need? Um, and then in, in addition to, you know, kind of like getting the adults on board, then prepare the child. Like here are the visuals that you're going to need. Here's your talker. Here's what to expect. Here are the people that are going to be there, that sort of thing. So download your school's app or your school's calendar and take advantage of all of the fun that is available at your school. Now is a fun time to have school extracurricular fun as well. And then finally, number five, take advantage of morning time. So we still have summer afternoons going on, right? And we wanna maximize our time in the Barlow house at the pool. Um, and so what are we going to do? Well, we're going to take some time to have our structure in the mornings. And so, you know, for me, I do a lot of my mom activities in the morning. I communicate to teachers in the morning. I plug stuff in in the morning because I'm not super good at doing that at night. I um, get breakfasts done in the morning. I tidy up my house in the morning. Um, so a lot of times I, I, I actually work out in the morning. Um, so I do my morning, a lot of like my quote unquote mom jobs in the morning. Um, but there's also stuff that Jack and I will do in the mornings um, so that we're kind of like checking it off of our list. So you could even do your progress reporting in the mornings. I have a friend whose kids used to go to sleep at like 5.30 or 6 o'clock p.m., but they woke up at five o'clock in the morning. So they actually did their homework in the mornings before school. Um, you can access gross motor stuff, especially if that is regulating. So walk the dog, exercise, you know, that kind of stuff. Fine motor stuff like journals, puzzles, crafts, that's all fun stuff to do in the morning, but it has a little bit of structure behind it. You know, if there's a 
If there is a start, a stop, and a middle, um, then it's pretty structured. If there is a learning goal, then it's pretty structured, and that's really good to bring into somebody's day, particularly to start the day off. Um, you know, you can work on speech, like go to a coffee shop and practice your pragmatic speech. It might be ordering, it might be saying hello to somebody, greetings, that kind of stuff. Um, you might take off some reading or some reading comprehension um, by reading <laughs> or by listening to books on tape. Jack and I do audible books. We listen to Magic Treehouse on Audible, and I would love nothing more than to do that when he eats breakfast, and that's something that I have considered many times. Um, you might work on conversation um, at the table, like table manners, or even for a while we had one of those Lucite containers with conversation cards on our kitchen table. And we would just ask questions and, and chat, which is good for expressive language. 